You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. And on today's episode, I have joining me author, podcast host, entrepreneur, and actress, Miracle Sims. Miss Miracle, how you doing today? I am great. I am so, so excited to be here. Thank you so, so much for the invitation. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be able to have you on. So I know we were talking a little bit before the show, a little bit about your background and kind of a little bit how you got started off. But for those who are not actually familiar as much with you, can you tell the viewers a little bit more about your background and where you're actually from? Yes, ma'am. I definitely can. Well, long story short, you know, I am this girl from uh, a town called Butts County, Georgia uh, <laughs> and everything like, like that. So, I mean, you know, I guess it's a classic story, right? A small town girl with big time dreams, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's pretty much in a nutshell, a little bit in regards to where I came from. Um you know, since then, since, you know, growing up there and, and graduating and all that stuff. I mean, I was the type of person that always knew that I was going to leave to some capacity. Like I could relate to the prodigal son, the one that left. I was like, oh, that's going to be me. I'm going to leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do everything he did and like lose my, you know, my blessings or whatever. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be that one at least. And, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, so. Again, long story short, so I went on to college and whatnot and pursued my career in theater. And well, I studied theater then to pursue a career in acting. Um, after that, I went to, and moved in, uh, to Florida, which is interesting because, I, of course, you know, actors, we, we think about going to New, to New York and L.A., but mm-hmm. um, I felt like God just pushed me to Florida <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> and so I was there. I was working at uh, Walt Disney World for about five years. I ended up uh, getting pushed out of Florida. That's a whole nother testimony by itself. Ended up getting pushed out of Florida back home to Georgia. I'm like, Lord, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> then, you know, I started um, my business, which is Miracle Plays. And then I, um, from there, uh, ended up moving to the Atlanta area and was building, you know, all of that up, you know, working with other companies as an actor and different things. And, um you know, so fast forward to now, you know, that's why I ended up meeting my husband and and all mm. the crazy things. Like, didn't want to come back to Georgia. It was in Florida. Like, well, Lord, where's my husband at? And then, Lord, <laughs> Paul, I had to come back here to meet. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to go to Georgia. We got to make a detour here because uh, Florida right. is something else. <laughs> exactly. That was like my last, my last resort was to come back home. But apparently <laughs> that's what I was supposed to do. And so, um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, been married for like five years now and you know we have a three-year-old son and you know and since then I mean I really have just been really I just feel like I'm walking and living in my dreams right now like I I started this podcast and talk show called God Sex and Love Mm -hmm. um and I do like daily inspiration which I call the juice and it just really fulfills me to do these things and it's so crazy because if you hear more about me man it's like I, I was always here there everywhere trying to do different stuff and trying to fulfill this void mm-hmm. and just was always feeling like something was missing. Now I don't feel that anymore at all. Like, I feel like, I really feel like I'm walking in my purpose, like doing the show, you know, creating books and creating, be just being creative and, and using my gifts. I, I, for once in my life, finally feel content. So I, I try to make my long story short, sis. Like I know. <laughs> You're the jack of all, literally you got your hands in every type of pot. 
So <laughs> yes, you've definitely fulfilled your purpose. I think God concurs on that. <laughs> oh man, thank you so much, man. Yeah. So, okay. What is, you know, the basis of your podcast, God, Sex and Love? And what what allowed you, what made you want to get started with that podcast? Ooh, girl. All right. Well, <laughs> break it on down for me. Yes. I mean, okay. So I know that people, when they hear God, sex and love, like, I don't know what people think, but, um, the, the, okay. So the interesting thing for me, the name, it pretty much came from the things that I used to think about. I want to say the only thing that's not on that list is, uh, my career. So mm-hmm. if I tell you, you know, I told you all briefly about my Florida days, mm-hmm. me as a single woman in Florida, um, obviously yes, praying about, you know, where my husband was and all that stuff, but, also just trying to, I guess, figure myself out around that time as well. I was building my relationship with God around that time as well. I mean, my, you know, my mom is an evangelist. So obviously I already always knew about, you know, Jesus and everything like that. But at the same time, it's like, you got to build that type of relationship yourself. You can't just go off your mom's prayer, but that's a whole other exactly. thing, you know? Yes, for <laughs> so sure. That's what I was doing. I felt like at that time, which is so ironic, you know, I, my most recent publication is called the cultivation period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> journey. And so that's literally um, me sharing like my story about like where I was, what I was doing during that time to to build that relationship. And so, um, so yeah, so being a single Christian woman and, but you know, one of the things that I was dealing with was uh, always being horny and I'm like, Lord, (laughs) I know what your words say. Right. But at the same time, you know, I I have these desires, like what am I supposed to do? You know? And so, and and now, and I would see content, right. There was, there was a lot of Christian content out there, but I just felt like I couldn't necessarily fully relate, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, ain't nobody talking about what I'm going through. Exactly. You know, making it seem like, oh, it's perfect or, Mm -hmm. oh, just, you know, I'm like, okay, but okay. I'm with you. Trust God. I'm there. But at the same time, you know, can can I get somebody that understands what I'm talking about right now? Because I am I the only one? Am I alone? And so, right. and so I started talking on YouTube. I just started making these videos. I called it the Hope Romantic at the time, mm-hmm. and I just was sharing my opinion as a single Christian woman trying to deal with all of that, right? And, mm-hmm. and trying to see or let other people know that hey, if you're out there, you're you're not alone. I'm I'm with you, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's that was the beginning stages, I would say, of God, sex, and love, like. Um, you know, taking those those ideas and things that I was trying to figure out and, and just providing a space, a safe place for, um, yeah, for Christians. I mean, I talk to all different types of people that may believe different things as well. Anybody's welcome to come, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I do gear it towards Christians because, again, I was that person that was looking for content to be, you know, that I could relate to, that was transparent and all those things. I feel like since then, since I finally kicked it off in this aspect with the podcast and the talk show and everything like that, we've had so many awesome conversations. So many the people and the guests have been so transparent and honest about their walk. And um, and we've had, you know, all kinds of conversations from like the very first episode of mm-hmm. the talk show. We mm-hmm. um, talking about the importance of sex in marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was already <laughs> kicking things off like, hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> You know, and we've talked about so many things since then. Um, So, you know, from politics to everything, we talk about everything. But I just wanted it to be clear that God, sex and love, we're not we're not going to shy away from that conversation as well as Christians. And so, yeah, that's that's where it came from. And I love that. And that's a perfect 
um, example of how we're going to segue into my next question, which is when it comes to the taboos of sex and religion. Now, you know, there are so many taboos regarding religion and sex in terms of uh, premarital sex, homosexuality, adultery, amongst a lot of other things. And I'm going to quote a, a Bible verse in uh, Corinthians 7, verse 2, where it says, because of the temptations of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So in the Bible, we hear the expression of marriage being of importance and a symbol of importance and how sex should be something between a husband really and a wife and not, you know, doing that before you're actually in a relationship. But what is your thoughts about premarital sex? Do you really feel like it matters whether or not you have sex before marriage? Ooh, well, <laughs> okay. So here, here's the thing, and I think this is what's the great thing about, um, you know, I guess the platform that I've created here is that, you know, even though yes, I do believe what the Bible says, uh, and I totally see, especially now, I totally see why um, it says what it says mm-hmm. because, again, I feel like it's better. Uh, and this is deep now, but hey, you know, um, especially when it comes to our generation and whatnot, people are like kind of willy-nilly with this whole mm-hmm. sex thing yes, in a way. Definitely. And we can see all around us the results of that, right? We see yeah. broken homes. We see relationships not lasting. We see, you know, uh, children not going up with both of their parents. We see all kinds of things um, as examples of why we shouldn't do it, right? Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, like I said, hey, back in the day, I was that person too. I'm like, Lord, you know, hey, I'm, I'm over here horny. You know, I'm over mm-hmm. here trying to figure out what to do with these mm-hmm. feelings. You know, on one hand, I feel like it's totally natural for me to have these feelings. But on the, on the flip side, I feel like it's wrong because, um, you know, the church does kind of uh, put it out there like sex is bad. Mm-hmm. What I've come to understand is sex isn't the bad thing here. Um, I just think everything in its, in its timing, right? So, mm-hmm what the Bible says is like, it needs to, yes, happen in the confines of marriage. Um, and then we wonder why, like, we wonder like, Oh, why now again, I've already gave plenty of examples why, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, we can see that, you know, reasons why we should abstain, but the stuff that we can't see and that stuff that I feel like people don't necessarily talk about is the things that are, you know, the, the, the ties that come with it, the different things that are happening spiritually with that, like sex is not just the act. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know how everyone feels about it. I mean, maybe some people can feel like it's just the act, but eventually it's like something about the sexual act is, it's, it's more than that. I mean, obviously it's the, it brings life, you know, mm-hmm. so that is a, one huge thing that is an indicator that is more going on than just the act. But, um, as well as like the spiritual side as well. Like, and we don't necessarily think about the spiritual side because we're here in the physical, but Mm -hmm. there is definitely something happening spiritually when you're having sex. And so when you have multiple partners and all that type of stuff, it it just goes beyond just the act. And, um, you know, I'm sure we can get deeper into all of that, you know? Um, but yeah, I can say that, you know, I was someone and I can't see your neck like I'm perfect. And I think that's the, the great thing again about GSL and the great thing about like the open and transparency. I can't say I was perfect and everything like that. Now, I did. Say, I, I did hold on for quite a while, you know, <laughs> on quite a while, you know, um, I did not have my first actual sex because that's the other thing, too, girl, because you know this, the, um, 
the fooling around and uh, uh, the foreplay and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that had been going on, unfortunately. Y'all can get the book, The Cultivation Period. <laughs> 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 For all of that. But, I mean, I didn't actually have the active sex until in my 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And and I and that's one thing I do, I guess I appreciate about my upbringing because, um, again, I saw the results of you know, uh, doing that because I, you know, there were several friends of mine that, you know, ended up having children in, in high school and whatnot. And I was like, okay, for a long time, I think, yes, I know what the Bible was saying, but I think the other reason I held on to my virginity is because I knew I wasn't ready for none of those consequences. I wasn't ready for no child. I wasn't ready mm-hmm. for no sexual transmitted diseases. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for any type of consequences when it came mm-hmm. to, you know, having mm-hmm. premarital sex. And so, that was one of, I mean, those were main reasons why I held on to my virginity on top of what the word was saying um, and well, on top of my upbringing and everything like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I hope I answered your question, sis. I feel like I'm just you did. holding on now. So I'm like, no, oh, you're, per- you're perfect. And if you want to go deeper in on it, please feel free to do so, because I would love to hear your perspective about this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, this is my little subject here. So, I mean, you can go all over the place with it, but um, <laughs> you, know, you might want to rein me in to be specific. Well, okay. So what do you feel? So I know how you were saying that you had these, you know, feelings of wanting to have sex and how in the Bible, you know, it talks about not lusting and having lustful thoughts and being lustful for someone else. But why do you think as human beings, although it's said in the Bible for us not to be lustful, why we are? Hmm. What is the what do you think is the premise of these desires? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so if I'm being open and honest and transparent about me, because I can only say from my testimony. Right. So mm-hmm. with me, what I learned was that uh, what I ended up learning and what I ended up like seeing as I really thought about this thing, the questions that you asked here is that I realized that, okay, there were some seeds that were planted in me at a young age that uh, just, that basically needed to be uh, plucked out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and I know I'm saying it in a biblical way. I could get deeper to it. I could tell you guys exactly what I'm talking about. But, um, I, and I feel like, now there are things, and, and let me say this first before I say my, my um, I guess, details. <laughs> um, that I do believe that it's natural. Right. I do believe that having a natural desire, for example, you know, you can find someone attractive. You know, I find this man attractive, whatever the case is. I think that type of thing is is a natural thing um, that comes along with being a human, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying anything about about that. But I would say that um, for me, like when I look back back at my life and when I like I said, I was asking those questions like, why am I so horny? Like, why am I like this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why am I like this? I realized that, yeah, basically for me, unfortunately, um, well, I guess it depends on how you're looking at it, right? Because obviously I can share my testimony now. But then as a child, basically I was introduced to sexual things at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to be about like three or four or something like that, oh, wow. um, where I was uh, what, what most was say is molested now now by the grace of god i don't have the testimony of rape or anything like that when it came to a man mm-hmm. what i did have was a woman that um you know i guess encouraged me to kiss fondle and, and things like that and so when you're introduced to these type of things as a young child um you know 
well, one, you don't know what was going on. You don't know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the, the adult, right, in the situation knew what that adult was doing. The child is learning, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so for me, what I dealt with growing up uh, was not only, you know, uh, well, honestly, I, I dealt with, like, um, masturbating from then on, you mm-hmm. know? Um, it, it became a thing where I, I would do it to go to sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was something that developed in me, you know. Um, now, again, I understand that different people, when they go through things like that, they handle it in different ways. Like sometimes they get turned off to, mm-hmm. you know, the whole sexual encounter and it becomes this thing that is traumatic, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, that wasn't the case. It was. It didn't become traumatic for me. Um, it became something I guess I desired, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe I like the kisses. Maybe I like the being touched thing yeah, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And so, um, and then again, when you were a child, because when you're three or four, how, how do you know what's wrong and what's right in that aspect? Yeah. Uh, so I grew up and I was, uh, and I, and I basically, I learned what was, what it was. I learned what molestation meant. And so then that's when, when I did learn that, I realized that, wait a minute, that thing that happened wasn't supposed to, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, and, and I, I'm not, I can't say that I, that's everyone's testimony, but I think Sometimes, especially when you see things in kids, um, and now some stuff is spiritual too. So that's another thing too. That is that's even deeper than what I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. I think that sometimes when it comes to, for example, children, mm-hmm. if they're going around and and doing things in certain manners or whatever the case is, that has been. I feel like, in my personal opinion, children are being taught, and so that means they either learn it from somewhere they saw it or they were introduced to it in some way. Mm-hmm. Just put it like that. that they were introduced to it in some way, and so. Um, so I feel like it, it, it's a combination of all the things. It's a combination of be, it being a natural thing. And then it's a combination of, you know, whatever you learn, you learn as you grow. Um, and, and that girl, <laughs> that's why all of the stuff that's going on right now, that's why it's so important in regards to parenting and everything. Like, I mean, I, I you know, I told you all I'm a mom now and I'm over here with, with my experience, what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel like as a parent, I need to get a leg up on everybody else. Cause he, the world is going to teach them <laughs> what they mm-hmm. want. So, and my, so my thing is I need to teach my son, right. What I mm-hmm. want him to know. Um, and to, you know, to, and not to say my mom, I mean, I know, uh, here's one of the things. So I know I started talking about it. Once I started the podcast, I started talking about it. Um, Cause again, I, ne- I never would talk about it growing up. It just was mm-hmm. this thing that was always in the back of my mind. And um, it, it's in my book, y'all. It's in my book. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and it was it was a it was an ongoing story, so I won't, won't get too too much into it. But basically, what I'm saying is, I just never talked about the feelings that I was having. I never talked about the fact that I was masturbating or any of those things. So it, it became news to my mom when I finally did start talking about it. It was obviously news to my mom, um, you know, about what had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so. It, how can I say? I, and I know one of the questions she asked me um, was like, why didn't I say something at that time? And it's like, well, mom, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know why three year old, three year old, four year old miracle didn't tell you that this, you know, woman was kissing me or whatever. I like, maybe I didn't realize that. Like I said, I think for me, when I think back on it, I didn't realize that it was something wrong until I mm. up to learn, hey, molestation, you know, that's hey, wrong. Yeah. No, no places. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. people shouldn't be touching you in certain places. Yeah. And so, then, then you realize that, oh, wait a minute. Oh, 
well, unfortunately that had already happened to me, mm-hmm. but, um, and uh, again, I know when it comes to, uh, you know, people have gone through worse than what I've gone through. So, I mean, you know, again, like I said, I praise God that I did not go through some of those other things that people go through, but, um, but it still, if it, it still has an effect on you at the end of the day, whatever it is that you go through, it still will have some type of effect on you one way or the other. For me, it just made me more horny, but it has led to so many beautiful things like me doing all the stuff that I'm doing now and yeah. even talking about it. So hopefully, uh, you know, again, you know, make parents aware that, hey, you know, be careful who you're, you know, leaving your child, your child with in regard because it was a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so be careful, you know, who you're leaving your children with mm-hmm. uh, and all those different things. So, yeah. Um, so I, I commend you for, you know, opening up and sharing your story with me and, you know, it, talking about it because, you know, this is another taboo of religion is and it's also t- expressed in the Bible about, you know, molestation and so on and so forth. And and I love the fact that you are being open about it because it's something that's not talked about. And it's something that is very much so shunned when it comes to religion. And I feel like when when it is sometimes because I've known people that have been, you know, unfortunately molested and I've known people who come from very religious backgrounds where when they're telling their parents their experiences, they're often told, oh, you're lying. That never happened. Or it's like you're being undermined of what is going on. And like you said, in your case, you know, it's something that made you want to explore a little bit more. But for some other people, it can be something that is extremely traumatic. And at, at the time, like you said, you were young, so you had no idea about what's right or wrong or any of these uh, feelings that you're experiencing, you know, you're not understanding them. All you know is just someone was touching you. And, you know, so for me, my question would be, do you feel like it is important to have these sexual, these discussions with your children about sex at a certain particular age? Or, you know, is there a particular age that you should have these conversations about sex with your children? Well, okay. So here's the um, interesting thing. Um, Since doing the show, I actually uh, interviewed a woman that has written a book about about different stages and ages to discuss different things. So, you know, explaining to them about their bodies for for their age range and going up from there. Mm-hmm. And even getting into the sex conversation or whatnot for, for their different ages and, and stages. So, I, I mean, one, I definitely feel like I need to invest in that book as a mom myself because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, I do think that it's very important for us as parents to take charge of that conversation um, because they're going to learn one way or the other. Right. Mm-hmm. And especially now, I think, again, we see that everywhere. I mean, I think a, lo- a, a lot of the issues that we're hearing about schools going on right now is because, um, <laughs> girl, oh, Lord. Okay, so, oh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I literally had a friend of mine who's a, uh, a teacher. And she was sharing with me that the health classes isn't necessarily about like, uh, I guess, procreation. They're they're not teaching. And I'm like, yeah, because uh, she was saying like, oh, well, um, you know, the kids don't know that, you know, sex leads to pregnancy or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh? what do you mean the kids don't know that? I, yeah. I remember that being in health class. You know, this is what the body parts do. Like, what do you mm-hmm. mean? And she's saying they're not teaching that. So I don't understand what health class is now, because, I mean, obviously that was years ago for me, but I'm like, what what is being taught? Well, I mean, I've seen the articles, maybe maybe you have it as well about these these people and these teachers. I mean, excuse me, that well, some teachers, too, and um, parents that are going to these um, different, you know, uh, 
basically these councils and talking to them about the content that their children have gotten, you know, a hold to that are in their libraries or or that they're being taught out of. And 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 so yes, I mean, uh, it's very important for us to have these conversations. Like I said, I mean, my son is three, and I'm over here trying to figure out how much should I share with him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what the age when things were ha- happening to me. It had to have been three or four because my because mm-hmm. it was before my sister was born and my she was born when I was five. Mm-hmm. So. So I had, I know I had to be three or four when this thing happened. And so, you know, I just, yeah. yeah. And in short answer, yes. It's very important for us to have these conversations uh, with our children, yes. Um, but e- even now, like you say, as adults, because um, it is brushed under the rug and, think, and people go through life feeling like, okay, I'm ashamed or I can't talk about what happened. And, and, then, and then it just keeps the door open for other people to experience the same thing. So what I hope by sharing my testimony is that, yeah, parents would listen to my testimony and say, okay, she said something happened to her around three or four, you know, maybe she, you know, I'm going to be proactive with my children. Like I'm going to make sure that the people that I leave them with are trustworthy and, and all those different things, you know? So yeah, girl, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. But you know, in terms of uh, sex education, when I was in school, um, I was taught a very watered down version of sexual education where we were learning about how animals procreate and not even humans. And so they were trying to correlate how animals procreate with how, I guess, human beings procreate, but we don't procreate the same. So that information was just, you know, it, it didn't make any sense. But, you know, luckily for me growing up, I was taught at a very young age. I think I was probably about four or five about where what private areas I shouldn't be touching on someone else being a child and what other areas other people shouldn't be touching on me. And I felt like that information helped me out a lot there because I was able to, you know, have an idea of what was right and what was not when it came to sex and to uh, refrain from it and how what to do in a situation if something did occur where someone was trying to, you know, take advantage of me sexually, whether it be someone of, you know, uh, uh, my age or someone that's older. So I feel like that's especially when it comes to parenting nowadays, I feel like that's what some parents lack because we live in a world also where there's so much fear. Like parents have a lot of fear of a lot of things. You know, you're fearful of your kids going out on their own and possibly getting kidnapped. Your fear, your fear of something happening to your children, your fear of your children being taken advantage of by somebody, your fear of your kids being kidnapped. However, we don't sometimes teach children what they should do in these types of situations. And I think that that's so important. And that's why I had that question of what is actually the right age to discuss these topics with your children? Because like you said we see on social media nowadays where everything you when you open up your your phone or your tablet or your laptop that's all you see is people talking about sex you see sex people half naked people engaging in sexual activity you know it's a it's a crazy time that we're living in and it just seems like it's kind of getting worse you know so it's always like you have to have a leg up on everything else Exactly. Is that that you take the words out of my mouth with that? Because I, I say that all the time. I'm like, yes, I feel like I have to have a leg up on everything. Girl, yeah. I'm still trying to pick up the pieces of my brain because you done blew my mind talking about that you did not learn <laughs> about. Yes. You don't have class was talking yeah. about animals. I can't. It's crazy. Like, yeah, I, I don't understand. Made no sense at all. I mean, I was just kind of like, well, how is this going to be useful to me? 
you know, and what I what I'm experiencing as a human being versus what an animal is experiencing. I know we're mammals, but, you know, we're very different. Very, you very know, much. that is crazy. Like, I yeah. can't even, I'm over here like wondering, it's getting dumbed down. We can talk about ages and whatnot afterwards because I'm like, I, I could have swore in, in school we talked about, you know, I remember them showing us body parts in regards mm-hmm. to, I mean, even if it was like the outlines, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, you know, saw body parts, you saw, you know, you knew that it was for procreation. Like, I don't get that. I, I don't mm-hmm. understand it at all. But yes, I think um, we should take what this, like I said, the ladies' book something like that and be working with our kids from, from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, You know, um, my son, he knows exactly what his member is. You know, I I don't know if you want me to say the word here, but he knows what it is. And he says the word. And my mom taught me the same way um, in regards to, you know, uh, again, I don't know if you want me to say gentle words here, but I'm just saying, you know, he know we know actual names and, and everything like that. And it, it might be weird to hear my little three year old say the actual name of the gender, I mean, excuse me, of the uh, member. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he needs to know, you know what I'm saying? He needs to know. And and um, I mean, no, I haven't necessarily started to have the talk about sex yet or nothing, um, but uh. Like I said, I, I think I'm going to get my, my sister's book over there because you know, <laughs> help you out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to have a leg up, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it is such a it's a hard topic to kind of go about, especially when your child is so young, because how do they understand the concept of that? You know, that's another challenge, too, you know. But luckily, a lot of children in these times that we're living in are very intelligent and very smart. So it's almost like if you teach them something, they're bound to understand the whole perception of it, you know, and just run with it. So, yeah. <laughs> smart. Yeah. So I want to I want to get into um Another thing. So the songs of songs, I don't know if you're familiar with this, the song of Solomon, which Mm -hmm. is the love poem that expresses a man's sexual desires, attraction and left in love for a woman and uh, its divine gifts. However, Solomon himself had 700 wives and 300 concubines and (laughs) many. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was very active. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So many, many Christians, uh, literal, literal interpretation of the Song of Songs is that it is a allegorical and spiritual meaning about Christ and his love for the church. However, I beg to differ. Now, my question to you is, you know, we've talked about less a little bit and I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper in that. What do you feel like is the significance of the Song of Songs? And why do you feel like that was played in the Bible? Well, um, <laughs> you said a thing about Solomon. That's a whole nother conversation talking about this multiple uh, spouses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> Sounds well, like I'm, a lot of men today. <laughs> girl, listen, listen. Girl, okay. Got a whole brothel full of them. You know what? <laughs> a conversation by itself, I'm telling you. Um, so, I feel like it was placed to to show us, I mean, you know, again, that there's nothing necessarily wrong with, you know, uh, the sexual act. You know what I'm saying? It, You know, the man having this desire for the wife, the wife having the desire for the man. He's he's describing what her body she's describing his like there's nothing wrong with that. Like mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, it is a beautiful thing. It's like one of those things you you sit there and be like, oh, okay, I'm kind of hot and bothered reading this here. But uh, <laughs> yes, it is very steamy. I was like, oh my word, oh my lamb. 
<laughs> right. My God, my God, clutches pearls. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, you know, just to answer their question, yeah, I do believe that that's probably one of those things that, I mean, it maybe in some roundabout way does show about the love of Christ and everything like that. But I mean, I think it is clear about like that, that human side as well, because from my, from my understanding, this is the only uh, side that it's going to happen on. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that that type of love isn't in heaven from what I'm understanding, you know? And so um, as far as sex or whatnot, I mean, you know, I don't know, we can go deeper about it. I had this ex <laughs> tell me back in the day, like, oh yeah, we're having sex in heaven. And I'm like, that's interesting. That's interesting. I don't think that's okay. biblical. <laughs> like, I don't think that's biblical though. Right. <laughs> that might be more literal than biblical, honey. Right. Yeah, I was like, uh. <laughs> but uh <laughs> men, men, men. <laughs> you know, you know, they like, try to get in, in there anytime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it. Um but yeah, I mean, there is plenty in the word um, in regards to sex. I mean, you know, hey, you know, one part I like, it, I don't know if it's in, I don't think it's in Psalms, but, you know, I do like the part where it tells me, you know, my, my husband's body is mine and, and my body is his. And mm-hmm. for us to come together like that, you know, I'm with all that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because <laughs> um, um, you hear the complete opposite. Like when you hear about Christians and you hear about the Bible and you hear about sex, people are trying to tell you that it's it's just this, oh, don't do an X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, but now nah, you you missing that other part because, you know, it literally tells you to, <laughs> to you know, yeah, you can take some time to pray, right? You can take some mm-hmm. time to fast. That's cool. But make sure y'all come back together so yes. the you know, enemy can't come in to, you know, what y'all got going on. So um, yes. sex is very important, y'all. It's, it's, it's important. It is. It's natural. And, you know, I want to quote a verse from the Song of Songs. And this is Solomon Four verses five, where it says your breasts are like two fawns, like twin fawns of gazelle that browse among the lilies. And then we have another one on in Solomon seven verses one, where it says graceful legs are like jewels, the work of artists hands. And I mean, if you're if you're looking at these verses in itself, it's like, how do we get this confused with an allegorical context between Christ's love for his people? Like, how do we get that twisted? And another thing is, I feel like, you know, this was this, you know, the Song of Songs was obviously placed in the Bible for a reason, but it really is interesting to me. And this was placed in the Old Testament. The New Testament is very different. But to me, it's almost like, you know, it really wasn't talked more about or expanded on because of the times that you know, were occurring in those times. Like a lot of things in the Bible have been taken out. Let's just let's just call it like it was. A lot of things were dictated what was going to be in the Bible. And a lot of things were dictated about what was not going to be into the Bible. And so although we have this idea that, okay, lust is bad, but why do we feel that way? Why do we have these lustful thoughts? And to me, it's kind of like, all right, although someone is telling me that, I know that that can't be true. So I think a lot of times when we're, you know, reading the Bible, we have to use our own. And it's about interpretation and we have to use our own form of interpretation to really see through the fine lines where a lot of this stuff that was put in the Bible is like very political. You know, the times it was, was that you had to be married. You know what I'm saying? There was no premarital sex. You know, if you were uh, uh, defla- if you were not a virgin, you were seen as less than a person and killed. And so, I mean, now we're living in completely different times 
times. But I think that this plays on the context that, you know, lust and love and sexual attraction is has been so weaponized and demonized when it comes to the Bible. But really, in reality, it is something that is just natural. And I feel like when you um, list, when you read the Song of Songs, that really, you know, puts that in perspective for people. It's something that you shouldn't be ashamed of. It's something that you should explore more because, you know, when two people are together, that's what they want to do. They want to have sex. They want to explore each other's bodies more because of their love and their attraction for each other. And they want to just get deeper with one another and connect with each other. So, you know, that's just my kind of idea about what the context of the Songs of Songs is. And you can let me know, you know, further if you agree or disagree with that or if you want to expand on that idea as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I think you brought up a great point there in regards to saying that, like, um, you know, you felt like you had to kind of basically discern for yourself when, you you know, going into the word and and reading and everything like that. Again, the Bible says clearly study to show your own self-approved. Yeah, I wrote a Bible's journal and stuff like that. I got this whole channel challenge. I've been challenging myself to study more as well. And that's why I do the daily inspiration. Mm -hmm. But um, it's very important to do that because, again, you're going to hear people say things. Right. And you're going to be like, oh, but the Bible says this and the Bible says that. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't familiar Right. Mm-hmm. You're going to probably just go ahead with it. You're like, oh, OK, that's what the Bible say. Wow. I didn't know that. No, like you really need to study it for yourself. You really need to read it for yourself. You really need to get engulfed in it and see what it says, because it's very important to, uh, again, be familiar because, uh, yeah, these conversations can go all over the place. You know, I talk to people on the show, for example, and, you know, they'll tell me, oh, well, the Bible says that, you know, sex is only for uh, you know, the man and whatnot. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I didn't see that. You see what I'm saying? I'm like, what? you know, so, but people say these things all the yes. time and then they say it so much. And I guess because they say it a lot, people, people <laughs> lean on it like it's truth. Yes. It's like, well, you know, I, I literally see the part when I was just sharing with you all a second ago, it was saying, you know, uh, basically the man and the woman come together in agreement on when they're going to pause, right? And pray mm-hmm. and whatnot. And when they're going to, you know, come back together and whatnot. It didn't say the man tells the woman X, Y, Z. It said the mm-hmm. man and the woman came back together, you know, come to an agreement. So yes. for me, that already tells me that the woman is empowered in the situation. I'm coming to my and, and it also says that my husband's body is mine. Yes. Therefore, you know what I'm saying? I have a, that authority over his body. Right. And he mm-hmm. has that authority over my body. Yes. So it's like so. So this whole I mean, you know, I, I am a woman. I love being a woman. You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely, you know, pro woman and whatnot, you know. We, I celebrate women. I got a whole group dedicated to celebrating women and self-care, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I love my man. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate my man. I honor my man, you know, uh, obviously through life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a great appreciation for men, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so that's the thing. It's like, you know, it, it's a balance. I feel like that's what the Bible is. And so that's why that part is in there. I feel like because it, it balances things out. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there are certain stipulations, right? Yes, mm-hmm. there are certain times where sex is being share it with us to do these things now i mean we may not agree right mm-hmm. but at the same time again like i said as somebody that i guess been on both sides of the coin right now mm-hmm. as as very and, and single and whatnot i totally understand why it is like again yes all the physical stuff that can happen yes you know the you know children without parents or you know or without a father or without a mother depending on how it goes and, and just uh, yes all of that stuff is clear indications of why that shouldn't be but again, like, for example, um, like I was sharing a second ago, the things that we don't talk about are the things that can't e- aren't easily seen. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say after uh, my uh, encounter with my ex before um, my husband, mm-hmm. you know, I felt myself, you know, I felt different, right? I felt like there, some of his, his attributes mm-hmm. uh, had rubbed off on me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. It's like, again, it's, it's a deeper thing going on. There's, and I, obviously God's wisdom is beyond ours. And so, um, so I guess with that in mind, yes, there's balance in the Bible. There's balance with, when it comes to the sex conversation and, um, it's more, it, it just, I, I see the benefit of doing things God's way versus doing things our own way. Cause then you're dealing with some stuff that you're dealing with, like the, the side, you know, feelings that come along with sex. And then say you're having sex with somebody that doesn't feel the same way about you. Now mm-hmm. you, now you're hurt. Right. And that person has moved on and, and you could go and maybe do other thing it just it's like a thing that just keeps going and we don't mm-hmm. think about that stuff in the midst of it until it's done and uh but that could have been something you avoided completely by doing yes. things god's way yes. so just saying y'all just saying not being in the moment of lust all the time like really being discerning on whether or not that's a good idea for you to you know, have that sexual relationship with that person, you know, and realizing, okay, maybe this may not be the person for me to do that with. It's almost like creating soul ties, which we'll get into. But um, yeah, that's how I look at that. And, you know, also reading the songs, Song of Songs is also a big um, indication of how polyamorous relationships were really also big in the Bible as well. Um And, you know, if we really we look into Solomon himself, like I said, he has 700 wives and 300 concubines. And he's talking about all about sex and his sexual attraction. I mean, I think he's over sex at this point. I mean, that's a lot of women to be keeping up with. But what are your thoughts on polyamorous relationships? Do you feel like polyamorous relationships can work? Do you feel like that's something that, you know, I mean, in the Bible, it kind of I know marriage is a big thing, but this, you know, Solomon kind of contradicts that idea of a monogamous relationship. So what are your thoughts about polyamorous relationships? (laughs) I I thought we had bypasses. Okay, listen. Okay, Um, here's where I'm at with it. Just because something is in the Bible, right, doesn't mean the guy's cool with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, just because these men use their authority or did whatever they did doesn't mean that that was his design. When God started the earth, according to the Bible, he made one for one. Um, in my humble opinion, another thing that showed this to me um, was when he uh, when it came to uh, Noah and the ark. Right. Mm-hmm. How many does it talk about? It talk about what, like eight people being there or something like that. Or I might be getting the wrong six or eight. Right. And it was talking about Noah and his wife, his sons and their wives. He didn't say Noah and his X, Y, and Z, X, Y, So that's all I'm saying. It's like every time when it came to God and his design, it was the one and the one. And so, um, you know, I've, I've heard ministers go in about this, you know, and people that I respect, you know, I respect their ministry. I respect everything, you know, and they, they talk about all this on a deeper level about like, oh, well, you know, it was helping with the procreation during those days and all this stuff. And maybe it was, but that doesn't mean, right? That that yes. was designed for everybody to be having these multiple partners by all means now it's so funny because i have a good a a close friend of mine and um, he's he's a guy and Mm -hmm. and we joke about this idea of him him being my second husband for example because i talked to him so much right but at the end of the day you know um that would be kind of selfish for me right to have these (laughs) these multiple men now don't get me wrong i can see benefits right because okay Mm -hmm. if my husband you're tired then i can go to my husband over here Mm -hmm. but again 
again, <laughs> that don't mean that, that, I mean, I can see some benefits, right? Yes, people may yes. see benefits. I'm not saying that people don't find their, their reasons why they want to do what they want to do. Yes. Just because you want to do stuff, it, the Bible's clear that, hey, everything, although we're free to do everything and anything, that don't mean everything is beneficial. Yeah. Discernment. Yes. Uh, I guess I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I know that's a a, a touchy subject there, but it's something that I feel like needs to be discussed because, I mean, you have the example of Judah and Onan, how, you know, when Judah's son Ur passed away because he was condemned to death because he was seen as being wicked, you know, Judah told, you know, Ur's brother Onan to go and have sex with his wife and bear a child. And then when he refused that, he was uh, deemed to death as well. And then Judah ended up getting, you know, his uh, uh, Ur's wife um, pregnant as well. Uh, Tamar was her name. And I mean, if we look at that, it's kind of like, okay, well, how is this seen as Christ-like in the eyes of God? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, you know, some people kind of just don't really want to talk about these types of topics because it's just like it, it, it is just so looked upon. It's frowned upon in so many ways, but it's something that happens in our world. We see it every day. I mean, they had a whole show on TLC about a guy who was in a polygamous relationship. And I, I guess that worked for him and it worked for some people, but I guess it's just different strokes for different folks. So <laughs> I mean, and like I said, yeah, people, we can do whatever we want to do. Right. Yeah. God gave us free will to do whatever we want to do. Yeah. But again, he's very clear about what we should do and mm-hmm. what he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's just what you're going to do. It's your yeah. choice at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Everybody has the choice. You can make the decision. Do it. Again, like if, if if I wanted to. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I had to obviously get men that agree. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I could have my, you know, Essential. multiple, for example. Yeah. <laughs> right. But um, that doesn't mean that that's beneficial for you know, our lives. That doesn't mean that that's going to be beneficial for my children to grow up seeing. That's not, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it goes beyond us. Like we think about whatever we're thinking about in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Oh yes, this is what's good for me right now. But we're not thinking about the bigger picture of everything. So yeah. like you say, yeah, people can have a whole show. Right. And now what, what, the, what is this show doing? It's, it's getting other people in their minds like, Oh, we can do this too. And Oh mm-hmm. yeah. This is good. And it goes on. See, it's beyond you. Right. Yeah. You only think about you. You was only like, oh, yeah, this is what we're doing over here. And it doesn't it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't have any concern about anybody else. This is just us. But but yeah, yeah, it does. Gonna, it is going to have an effect on the community. It's going to have an effect on the world. And, you know, um, and that's I mean, I guess a prime example now that it's broadcast everywhere. You know, you hate all kinds of other ideas of being out there as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just I don't know. I mean, again, yeah, do whatever you want to do. Like I said, I gave you the free will. I, who am I to take anybody's free will from them? I'm not yeah. nobody, you know? Yeah. I'm just saying that um, the Bible's clear about like different things. And, um, and, and then I would say that a lot of those men that did have the multiple wives, it was, you know, shown that, that they had all these different downfalls. I mean, I know even after you was talking, um, it kind of reminded me of, um, I can't remember his name right now. I don't know. I don't know if it was Abraham. Can't remember his name right now, but the the gentleman that had the wife that that seemed to be barren, right? And God had made him the promise about the uh, the nation, and and so mm-hmm. they they going ahead of themselves, right? She allowed him to go ahead and have a baby with this other one, thinking that okay, well we're gonna make it happen our way, right? Mm-hmm. And then now and then she did end up having a child and everything. And this thing we know, those two generations are fighting throughout 
history, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and that's the thing. I mean, you know, y'all was thinking about you. You was trying to do things your own way, trying to be like, oh, well, God said this. Oh, let's do it this way. Then it's not working the way we thought. Mm-hmm. And then, but again, you were you only was thinking about you and not thinking about obviously the future. <laughs> yeah. And everybody Absolutely. Else. But, yeah. Know, just something to think about. Yeah. So, okay, I want to get on to soul ties. So what do you feel like is the meaning behind soul ties? And do you feel like a soul tie is created with each sexual partner that you have? And is there a way to break a soul tie? So this is interesting. Um, One of the first conversations that we had on GSL, it was a panel discussion and um, it was about soul ties and whatnot. And it was funny because we had one person that was like, I don't believe in soul ties. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then everybody was like, there are soul ties. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Um, so then here's the thing. There's different types of soul ties, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm sure we're talking about the sexual one here. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there's different types of soul ties. So, I, I mean, again, I think we hear certain phrases and think about it as, in a negative way. I mean, I could, I have a soul tie with my mother, right? You know, you have mm-hmm. a soul tie with your family or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, those are soul ties, right, as well. Um, but when it comes to this, this, when it comes to sex and all this, yeah, I mean, like I took, I shared you guys a second ago. Um, you know, I, I did feel as if, you know, some some traits that my ex had, I found mm-hmm. later on that you know once we broke up and all these different things, I found myself with exercising in some of those same traits and manners. And I'm like, wait a minute, that ain't even hold on. Like, why am I even looking at things this way? This is mm-hmm. crazy. Like, yeah, and, and again, you don't think about it in the moments until like things happen. But, um. Yeah, I mean, I believe in soul ties. I believe that it, it is important. It's one of those things that, uh, well, I guess one way or another, there is some type of, because again, the, the sexual act is more than just that. Um, so I think that's where the spiritual aspect comes in. We call it soul ties, mm-hmm. right? But um, yeah, I believe that there's something happening, whether it's, you know, every partner. I mean, well, here's the interesting thing too. And I don't know if it's getting off topic a bit. I, I don't know. I think it's the same, but you can tell me. Um what I was thinking about was that in the Bible now, mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems that the the act of sex is is what was considered marriage. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Not yeah. just ceremony all that. It was the act of sex. So, for mm-hmm. example, um, the woman they 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 I guess the people wanted to stone, and then Jesus called them all like like okay, well whoever can no, <laughs> yeah. Don't have sin, cast the first stone, knowing he was the only one there that didn't handle sin. Um, <laughs> right. You know, you know, it's interesting because people have their theories about like things. What, what, what was he writing on the ground while he was waiting for them to do whatever they were going to do? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but basically they were talking about how she had five husbands. Maybe it wasn't necessarily that she had five husbands. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the fact that she had five sexual partners. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, I don't know, y'all. It's just deeper than we think. I agree. The sex thing is just deeper than we think. And yeah. Um, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, I mean, there even when it comes to certain terms in the book, when it, in regards to maybe homosexuality and like you just talked about when it comes to marriage, like there, some of it blatantly talks about marriage, but it, it seemed like it was different depending on the circumstances of what they, you know, thought as being marriage. And so it can be, you know, the Bible is all about interpretation. So one person can interpret a quote in the Bible as being one way, and then you can read it and be like, uh, 
I see this as another way. And that's happened to me a lot of times when I've read the Bible where I'm like, okay, I've heard this for the longest time. But when I went back to go check that scripture, I'm like, in no way did it say that, you know, in no way was it looked at as something like that. So yeah, you know, I think it's all, it's just everything is really in the Bible is really deemed to interpretation, especially the idea of uh, sex and marriage and all of that stuff. And that's why I just go back to the song of Solomon, because and, and I know it's a very short passage in the Bible, but I feel like it says a lot about how, you know, men and women really felt about each other back then. And the idea of just sex and relationships and love and lust and how it just such a natural thing, you know, that I feel like God gave us. And I think it's all about how you use it, how you go about it. You know, if you're someone that is just overly sexually active. We know what the pitfalls of that is, you know, chill, uh, having children, um, you know, catching a sexual disease. And then we're in regards to soul ties. It's like every time you have a sexual partner, you're creating these soul ties with someone, whether you consciously recognize it or subconsciously recognize it. Like you made a good example about how, you know, when you got into another relationship in the relationship with your now husband, you know, you realize that some of the traits that your ex-boyfriend had, you found yourself kind of like thinking in some of those ways. And it's like, oh, wait a minute now. How did this even happen? I, I'm Although I'm not into this person anymore, I'm learning certain characteristics that he had that I'm kind of taking on. And even in terms of just like a, a relationship with your, your parentals, like we take on certain habits and traits. So it's so important to, I mean, understand what's a healthy soul tie and also what's not a healthy soul tie. So what do you feel like is something that can be deemed as an unhealthy soul tie. An unhealthy soul tie? Yeah. Do you think that someone can have an unhealthy soul tie? Yes. Yes. I mean, I think, uh, again, like what I was saying earlier, like that that's an unhealthy soul tie to be taking on other characteristics, like or doing things or whatever the case is that uh, I guess go against God, whatever in that, in that aspect. I mean, uh and say, I mean, this is, this, uh, I guess on one hand, I'm not too sure how to answer the question because, on, you know, yes, I do believe that there are unhealthy sometimes. I'm trying to think, like, aside from the example that I've given, uh, another example. Well, okay, so here's the thing. I think when it comes to uh, unhealthy soul ties, what the effect is, like, it had is what it has on you in the long run, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, okay, we might do things and then we would think that, oh, you know, I, I don't, this doesn't affect you X, Y, and Z. But then down the road, right, you find yourself depressed, right? Or down mm-hmm. the road, you, you know, you find yourself either doing, you know, becoming unfamiliar with yourself or just all these different things that can happen. Um, and no, people might not think that that has anything to do with sex. But, um, I mean... <laughs> But like they say, no, you know, it's a spiritual thing that's happening here. I mean, you know, women, we're opening ourselves up to receive, right? And the mm-hmm. men, they are giving, you know, and mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's a transfer, like they say, of energy, as mm-hmm. some people say, you know, um, obviously physical transfers as well, um, whether it's, you know, you actually create a human from it um, or not, you know, um, but it's just. Like I said, this this whole thing is is just deeper than the act. It's not something that should be taken lightly. 
uh, marriage and all this stuff should not be taken lightly. Um, you know, it's very important, very, very uh, and I think that's why the Bible is clear about, you know, how it should be done and, you know, everything like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So do you feel like, um, so how should one express their sexual desires with their significant other or their partner? And how would one go about creating uh, boundaries when it comes to sex? Because I know some people aren't all on the same page or couples aren't always on the same page when it comes to sex. Some person may want, you know, to be tied up. One person may think that that's weird, you know. So how would you go about creating boundaries um, and discussing what your sexual desires are with your partner? Well, I mean, well, it it depends on where we are in a relationship. Right. So that's one thing. Um, But as well as that is is communication. Right. Mm -hmm. I I have to be able if (laughs) if you don't feel like you could talk to the person, then you probably shouldn't be having sex with the person. Right. (laughs) True. Um, That's just I mean, (laughs) that's just one clear indication there. Like I I should be able to tell my husband, for example, anything that I desire. Right. Um, now that doesn't mean he's going to want to do everything I desire or whatever, but at the same time, I should be able to communicate that he should be able to communicate to me like his desires. And, and then, I mean, if we're married and whatnot, yeah, it should be some type of compromise or that. Maybe, you know, I should be willing to try some things that he would like to try and vice versa, you know, um, in a marriage situation. Now, obviously before that, I mean, Hey, we're dating and whatnot. I mean, I think the conversation still should be had. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But obviously there are certain things I guess we shouldn't act on and all that stuff should be talked about in advance. Like, hey, you know, here's here's a phenomenal thing that I've uh, heard about. There are some couples that don't even kiss until oh. they're married. Like, I'm like, my goodness. Like, and I, 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 I talked to <laughs> like, oh I talked gosh. to one girl that was doing that. Um, and then I've seen another couple. I mean, I've seen a few, I guess, couples online or whatnot. To me, that's like, that blows my mind. That, that was like, yeah. straight. Everything that, that went into that, I'm like, wow, I commend you guys. That is beautiful. Like, I don't even understand. Like, that's crazy that y'all was able to do it. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, but it happens, right? <laughs> it happens. Yeah. And so the thing is, right, if the, if I'm a woman and I, and I know I want to save even kissing for marriage, mm-hmm. whoever I'm dealing with needs to know that, right? Yeah. I can't be with, <laughs> girl, why this name just came to my mind? I'm gonna say, I can't be with Joe Freaks a lot, right? Because he might... <laughs> He oh might not goodness. understand, right? Mm-hmm. He might not understand. I might need to be with somebody else, right? Yeah. So that's why these conversations are important. Like, yeah. Um, now, hey, maybe Joe Freaks a lot might want to change his life, right? And, and really mm-hmm. is enamored by me, Susie, whoever I am, and 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 we'll get on the same page. But that's might be unlikely in these days and times. I'm not saying it can't happen, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just the conversations need to be had. This is what communication comes in. And everything like that. And so, um, yeah, and it's important in all aspects, whether we're dating, right, or mm-hmm. that whole thing, or whether we're married. Like, I, again, I should be able to talk to my spouse about any and everything, mm-hmm. right? We're in here together. We've signed up. But what it's supposed to be is for life, right? And, yes. <laughs> and, and this is what it's supposed to be. And so, so yeah, I, I should be able to express to my husband, and, and I do, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what I would like. This is my desires. Like, you know, whatever the case is, you know, and, and vice versa. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it starts with the communication. It starts mm-hmm. with that. And then from there, um, I would say if you are in a marriage, then, yeah, there, sh- they ha- there needs to be compromises. You know, you can't just be, oh, well, I just only want what I want and I don't care about what you want. Because mm-hmm. then that's not, 
you know, that's not biblical either, right? Yes. Um, you know, you should be able to uh, not only communicate, but then that person should take what you're saying under consideration and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and yeah, and then come to an agreement, like the word say, <laughs> come yeah. to an agreement about, you know, how, how certain things are going to be handled and whatnot. Um, so that's why, yeah, I do encourage these conversations. I encourage the conversations about sex. I encourage the conversation, especially in marriage, you know, because uh, it's amazing. This is a whole nother conversation by itself, sis, but it's amazing the narrative that, you know, when you get married, you, you don't have sex. Like, I'm over here like, that's the time you're supposed to be doing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we need to change this narrative here. Like, I'm on team more married sex, right? Yeah. And <laughs> more t-shirts and everything. <laughs> team more married sex. I love that. That would yeah. sell out. That's a, You should definitely do that. I oh, encourage wow. you, by all means, honey, get a teespring or something and start printing that on the t-shirts. That would, oh, go, that would go viral. <laughs> oh, I, I, look, I need to go As a new generation would say. I, that's confirmation right there. That's confirmation. Yep, yep, absolutely. But you know, okay, this gets me into another question. Like how you were saying the narrative is people don't have sex in after you get married. But what about someone that's in a relationship for, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years and the spark is starting to, you know, lose? Because I've heard from couples that have been married for 20 years where they're saying that their husbands are the things that their husbands used to do for them in the beginning, they're no longer doing such as maybe buying flowers, something simple like that. Or maybe it's, you know, being spontaneous when it comes to sex. They no longer want to do that because maybe they're being overworked. They have to work overtime at work or because I've heard someone flat out tell me her husband told her, well, I've already got you. So why do I need to continue to do anything, any of these things to keep that spark alive? So how do you how could couples that are dealing with these situations go about getting the fire and desire back into their relationships oh my goodness <laughs> why you keep leaving me over here in pieces i can't Sorry. man okay I gotta give you a challenge <laughs> no i'm just i'm just so shocked by these things like because even what you're saying about this husband that told his wife this i mean maybe now if it was a joke okay i get sometimes people joke but man you know listen man um yeah. Yeah. Again, like I was just saying, there needs to be compromise. There needs to be, it's two becoming one, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just you by yourself anymore. And so because of that, yeah, you, whatever you did to get her is what you need to continue to do to keep her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and vice versa, you know, um, and vice versa. Um, now as for couples that maybe, you know, feel like something's dwindling X, Y, and Z, again, communication, right? Because mm-hmm. if that person doesn't know that's how you feel, then mm-hmm. how can they do something about it? Exactly. So make sure that's known, right? Um, and, and whatever way you can. And then at the same time too, hopefully as you're communicating about it, you can come up with ideas. You guys can, I mean, there's a lot of different resources out there these days. Actually, I keep talking about my guests and it's amazing how things work out. I had a guest that actually is a, a um, Christian sex store. Yes, you guys heard oh. me. A Christian sex store. How does that work now? Yes, yes, yes. You got the so Bible and sex toys? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and so, and, and the thing is, it's like, because again, I mean, <laughs> just tickled me. I'm sorry. No, no, you're funny. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but that's the thing. It's like, again, why why is sex so taboo to us? Exactly. God created it. Mm-hmm. He created it. So mm-hmm. it, it should not be as taboo as it is. And that's why GSL exists now. That's why I have these conversations, because 
it, it shouldn't be as taboo as it is. Absolutely. One. Two, I mean, now the Christian sex store, basically they're providing a safe space for Christians to come and shop. Like it's not mm-hmm. a place where they're showing like the nudity or of, of women wearing the lingerie. They have lingerie and it's just the lingerie. You know what I mean? For example, um, you know, maybe they don't have the phallic looking toys, but they might have, you know, all the toys that can do the same things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, and it's a safe place for them to go and feel comfortable that, okay, I can go, I can order from here. And, and I don't have to worry about being tempted. I don't have to worry about any of that other stuff. And there are other additional resources as well um, that are geared to a Christian in regards to literature or whatever that, that mm-hmm. they have there as well. And so, and, and so, yeah, I'm a bit of an ambassador for them. You know what I'm saying? If you guys look on my social media and whatnot, you might see me shouting out different brands and whatnot. And they are one that I shout out and everything because, um, because well, well, because y'all know I'm on team more Mary sets, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also because, like you said, those conversations are real. People are feeling like, okay, we haven't been together for however many years. Things are dwindling and whatnot. You know, there's nothing, I'm, as far as I understand, um, you know, it, it says the marriage bed is undefiled, right? And so, you know, why can't I not use uh, uh, something extra with my husband? Why can't I not have mm-hmm. the lingerie? You know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. This is what this time was supposed to be for, right? Mm-hmm. Marriage. And mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's like, there's options is what I'm saying. I'm letting everyone know that, Hey, there are options out here. There are people like myself and I, I guess obviously you that are willing to, you know, open our platforms and, and have conversations about this thing. So people can understand that, you know, this is not anything to be ashamed of. Like you say, it is a natural thing, right. To have mm-hmm. the attractions. It is natural to have your desires. Um, hopefully and prayerfully you're in, in a marriage that you can still have that attraction for your spouse. You've married the right person, right? And mm-hmm. that you have that ongoing with your spouse. And again, keeping that communication going, um, you know, and being willing to try new things. Like maybe perhaps, you know, if, if you're feeling like you need some spice or whatever, hey, check out the website, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever, get you some little costumes or whatever mm-hmm. you feel like you need mm-hmm. to and, and enjoy that time with your spouse. And, um, I had another guest that has a um, whole like romance concierge type of thing. Oh. You know, you might want to be able to, you know, set some 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 scenes like go go off and go, you know, you and your husband go to a hotel or something, you know, mm-hmm. do things to enhance your your relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's plenty of material, plenty of options, plenty of, uh, you know, resources out there to be used and had, uh, and especially if you're in a marriage, just keep in your mind that, hey, this is the time that I'm supposed to be doing this. So with my husband or with my wife, you know, we, the word is clear, enjoy each other in this aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, what exactly. You know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, relationships, you know, it, it is a lot of, you have to put a lot of work into it in order for it to continuously build. You know, when you're dating, it's like you're setting the foundation. And then when you get married, you have the found, you you have the empire, but you have to continue to expand on it. And a lot of times it gets lost in relationships. Like the example I just mentioned about how I knew someone who was married for 20 years and, you know, the spark was gone because the husband didn't want to put in it put forth any effort. So do you also feel like in marriages or just in relationships in general, going to counseling is something that's necessary for each other sometimes to even learn about each other more? Because, you know, like we're talking about all the taboos, sometimes, you know, 
it, depending on where that person's background is, where maybe they've come from a household where it was a single parent household. So they never really understood how to build on a relationship or what love really looks like. Do you feel like counseling is also something that can help to, you know, open someone's mind and heart up to building their relationships with their partners? Yes, ma'am. I definitely agree with that. I mean, it definitely can be something that can, um, you know, help that communication start. Like, yeah, I talked about communication, but if you feel like, okay, we're bumping heads or we're not, there's no understanding, then yeah, maybe perhaps the, the outside party of the counselor uh, can help you do that. I would say, yeah, get some some Bible believing faith based people if that's where you are, because you know, again, you, you might get the wrong type of people. You just never know out here these days. Yeah. You know, all kinds of stuff out here. But um, you know, so obviously, you know, who, discern who you're getting the advice from, obviously. But um mm-hmm. yeah, it can definitely be beneficial. Um, you know, because again, yeah, I have observed couples that, you know, that they are in relationships that they just don't feel like either they can't communicate or whatever. And, and then the person that they're with, maybe they don't feel like they need counseling or whatever the case is. And then your marriage continues to dwindle. Nothing changes, nothing grows, nothing flourishes. And, and you, you know, and you just keep finding yourself in that same place. If you truly want to learn and grow, if you truly want to, you know, maintain and cultivate that relationship with your spouse as well, then, you know, yes, be willing and open to trying new things. And maybe the new thing would be counseling, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, yeah. You know, because because instead of just letting your relationship dwindle, you could be building it back and, and making it grow and, and 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 making it beautiful the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, it can be a definitely a, a very important step, if, if especially if the communication is off or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a single gal and I will tell you when it comes to dating, the dating pool is just a hot mess. That is the the best word that I can describe it nowadays. And I'm realizing that, you know, we're living in times where anything goes. A lot of people don't want to commit when it comes to relationships. A lot of people just want to, you know, have multiple relationships or no relationships at all. Like, for example, you have on these dating sites where people are on the, so the purpose of the dating site is for you to find someone who you guys have something in common with you start the dating process and then that hopefully builds into a relationship where there's a lot of people who are just on these dating sites just to hook up and then you know you have that point where sometimes even if you're a woman who may be 40 years old or 50 years old and maybe you haven't found a significant other a partner a husband to expand with you know you're out there on these dating sites and I've talked to a lot of women that are older who say like it is even harder but they've noticed when it comes to the men they have all these multiple women and I feel like even as a woman it's just hard in general to date because it's like at a certain age you can't really have kids anymore whereas like a male is like you can continue to procreate for you know a couple more lifetimes so it's like you know I've noticed that a lot of women also allow these kind of almost I know we're kind of I'm kind of going back a little bit to like the kind of polyamorous type of dynamic and I'm noticing that people don't really see the importance in marriage anymore a lot of people see marriage as just a piece of paper they don't see any benefits of what marriage is but what do you personally feel like are some of the benefits when it comes to marriage Girl, so many things to touch on there. So many <laughs> things. Um, 
first, let me just say, I, I can like, I, I, I will be praying for you, sis, because I understand, at least for me, it was a struggle. Single life was a yeah. struggle for me. Yeah. Um, like I said, I wrote a whole book about it. I might need to give you my book, sis, because I just, you. hopefully it will encourage you and inspire you, because um, I need it. it was a <laughs> I'm so over this. <laughs> Oh, girl, I, listen, right there. Yes, yes, I was right there with you. And and I just was like, Lord, what are we doing? Like, what, what's yes. going on? Like, when? Yeah. All the questions, honey. I was I was there. I was asking all yeah, the questions. Yeah, that's the West. Right, like, Lord. like, And so I feel like, and now, now some people are made for that. I'm not going to say that it's yeah. for everybody or whatever. Like, some people is cool with being single. But for mm-hmm. me, that wasn't me. I was like, where is he, Lord? Like, what's going on? And I feel like if you're somebody that have that desire, Right. Mm-hmm. Then I believe that you you're then it's for you. Right. And I believe mm-hmm. that that's what you're supposed to have. And mm-hmm. so for me, what I did in that season, I would say, again, I, I was taking that hard look at myself. I was looking at the things that I was doing and, and asking the right questions. I would say, I, again, I was building my relationship with God to get closer to him and to, I guess, see what it was that he wanted for me and, and everything mm-hmm. like that. And so um, that's what I did in my singleness. And um, and I feel like making those choices uh, led up to me to be where I am. Um, mm-hmm. because again, like, and I've tried to share these things with other women and whatnot, especially, you know, people that I was close to and whatnot. And it's just, cause I'll, I'll see them either making like certain choices and certain decisions, but then they're like, Oh, well, you know, why is this like this? What X, Y, and Z? We, it's easy to point the finger at uh, other people and say that, Oh, it's the men, whatever the case is. But sometimes I think the difference between what I've noticed people do and what I was doing was I took that look at me. Right. And I mm-hmm. had to be honest with myself about what I was doing. And, and one of the things, again, it's in the book, but one of the things I was doing, I was fooling around a lot at that time. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, it was like, I had to look at me and say, why are you fooling around? Like mm-hmm. you want to be married. Mm-hmm. You're not going to fool around in marriage. So yeah. why are you fooling around? And yeah. so knowing what I ultimately wanted helped me to shift my mind in that area to say, okay, this is something that I need to change. This is something that I don't need to continue to do if, mm-hmm. if, if I want what I want, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I would say that's what got me to be here right now, even probably talking to you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, and I look back on those times, man, and I'm like, wow, like, I will, one, I obviously see what God brought me from, and I'm thankful. But at the same time, I see those, if I did anything, I would say it's it's those different crossroad moments that I came into my life. I was like, why? Like, I, I'm so thankful for making the choices that I did. I'm so thankful for Cause you know, I could have went in a totally different direction. Right. And, mm-hmm. and who knows where I would be. I probably would not be talking to you right now. <laughs> I would not be you know, living in, you know, I would say basking in the things that I have going on with the books and the show and all this other stuff. I could have took a totally different route. And so I think, um, again, being aware of that and understanding that, okay, you know, certain choice that choices are life changing. That's one of the phrase that I heard back in my teens, I would say that mm-hmm. has stuck me to, to now to say that I could clearly see how my choices were life changing. So, yeah. um, yes, you saying about marriage, about people feeling like it's just a piece of paper, you know, they got that quote out there that say, Hey, well, money's just a piece of paper too, but y'all, uh, y'all, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Speak on it. That, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You work for that every day. Why can't you work for your marriage? Yes. Um, I love you know, that. so, so that's one thing. And, and it's more than a piece of paper. It is. Because if yeah. it was just that, then people wouldn't be, uh, you know, again, you're in these 20 year relationships and you feel in some kind of way because your partner didn't marry you. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's just a piece of paper, though. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, we go on and on about that right there. Yeah. Um, 
I would say I enjoy married life. I'm thankful that um, I married the, the man that I did. He pushes me. He encourages me. He inspires me. Um, you know, again, the podcast, he he spoke about the podcast years before I did it. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and it's crazy. It's crazy mm-hmm. that the podcast was the thing that kicked off everything else that was that I had goals and dreams for. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, it, it's important, like who you're choosing, right? It's important mm-hmm. to end up with and, and, and the person. Um, you don't want to just marry anybody. You don't want to just marry to get married, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever it is. Um, you know, so that's why the whole dating process and all that stuff is, is super important. Like, cause I couldn't even imagine, I, and I think I try to think about it every now and then, like, where would I be if, for example, I was still with my ex or where would I be with, and, and, um, the other thing too, even though my girl, I don't know if you hear this or not. I don't know if you want to cut this out or not. My son is back there, you know, the door. And but even him, he's annoyingly adorable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I look at him and he's that indication to me all the time, like, man, a couple of choices and you would not even be here. That blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. That blows my mind. I think a yeah. whole person wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy. I, I mean, it, it's it's a much bigger thing going on here when it comes to again sex, marriage, all these different things. You definitely want to marry this, the right person. You definitely I mean because it, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I think that's one thing that has come from social media. Cause again, when I was um, you know, single and all that stuff, like social media was out here, but it was, you know. I don't know if Instagram was really out there like that. I don't know. No, Instagram is very new. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. So, and so now on my profiles, you know, what I get to see is like, you know, uh, married couples and, you know, uh, families and, and stuff like that. But, you know, well, in that in that time, you know, you wouldn't really hear about, I mean, you know, both of us black women here, you wouldn't be really hear about happy, thriving black mm-hmm. couples, you know what yes. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um because on TV, they're showing you the complete opposite. They're showing mm-hmm. you people arguing all the time. or Broken homes. And yeah. all of that. And so mm-hmm. what I can say is that, yeah, there, there are beautiful examples around here. I mean, you know, it just is it's what you focus on, right? You might want to mm-hmm. like, don't, don't follow the people that are talking about, you know, promiscuous sex and all these people. Try to follow. If you, if you want marriage, right, if you want that type of thing, maybe follow people that are talking about the same stuff that you want, because then you'll get to see that, Hey, okay, I'm not alone. Hey, this is possible for me. And I mm-hmm. do believe that um, if it's something that's on your heart and mind to be married, then I feel like that's probably something that, you know, God has for you. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would say that the next step will probably be, what can I do to work towards that? For mm-hmm. me, I had to change some stuff, right? I had to mm-hmm. start doing some stuff differently. Um, I can't say that I did everything perfect after I even realized that came to the realization or got that revelation as they say Mm -hmm. Um, I can't say that I did everything perfect but at the same time I can say that everything led me to be where I am and then when I finally met my husband uh we joked about it (laughs) we Mm -hmm. met because we was like where have you been and like I was waiting for you sis where you been (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to Florida but he was like in in military at that time and stuff and it's just Mm -hmm. like the way that things happen it Mm -hmm. it really happened God's divine timing and that's the thing mm-hmm. too keeping that in mind that at the end of the day it's in God's divine timing so focus mm-hmm. more so on where you are and what you are supposed to do in day by day mm-hmm. uh, like that's the important thing mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah like maybe sometimes it might be changing something maybe changing a bad habit or routine or something like that to go ahead and get yourself in that mindset of wife right or or mm-hmm. a husband whoever's listening mm-hmm. um, if, if that's what your true desire is for example so um, because yeah, I mean, because 
Girl, because uh, if your mind is still single, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you, you, you know, and then even if you do marry someone, then you might get results like how that gentleman feel like he got somebody and don't feel like he needs to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Know? It's crazy. And, you know, another thing is a lot of what I've seen in dating also is that a lot of people don't want to date. Number one, they don't really want to take the time to get to know the person that they're dealing with. They don't want to build that foundation. A lot of people just want to jump into relationships. And some people wonder why things aren't working, why relation, why the divorce rate is so high nowadays is because you're not building that friendship, that partnership with the person so that you can have a long lasting relationship. And also another thing is a lot of relationships nowadays are built off of material lists things where, you know, I was listening to another podcaster. Her name is Gloria Velez. Shout out to Gloria Velez. She has the uh, Globe podcast and she made a really good point where, you know, back in the 90s, you know, love and relationships was all about when you listen to the music, it was about, you know, um, I'm the person that I'm in a relationship with, I'm getting you this because I love you so much. But it was also showing it was about the music was about showing your love and affection for the person. Whereas music and rap today is all about just shake your ass, you know, bend over. If you love me, buy me a bag. You know, if you love me, give me a Mercedes Benz. When you know damn well, you ain't bringing nothing to the table. You're not bringing the forks and knives, the plates and the, the Baccarat. You're not bringing anything to the table, but you want a man to give you all of what he has or the man wants a woman to give all that she has, but they're not bringing anything to the table. And there has to be that balance when it comes to relationships. It's not a a, a take, take, take. It's a give and take, you know? So I feel like that's another aspect of why, you know, relationships don't work anymore is because everybody's perception of what relationships is, is just built off materialistic things nowadays and not wanting to build a foundation. You know, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, yes, ma'am. I mean, you said it. You said it right there. It's the the foundation. It's what people uh, feel like a relationship is. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like I said, I, uh, girl, I commend you. I'm over here doing a little, uh, you know, color purple clap thing for you right now. <laughs> oh, thank you. I just, I, just, I mean, I, you know, I understand it. It's a struggle, and it, that was the crazy thing. Of course, for me, I'd be talking to God and be like, Lord, like. You know, you over here talking about, you know, getting my mind ready for this man that I don't see. Where is he? I don't see them, this man mm-hmm. around me anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I saw decent guys, that's the thing. I was like kind of dealing with decent guys or whatever. But then um, they either saw me as like a, you know, a big sis or a little sis or something like that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, man, what are we doing, Lord? What's going on? <laughs> but uh <laughs> You manifested, though. You manifested what you wanted, because like you said, in part, there were certain things like you're, you know, like you said, if your mind is single, then you're going to attract people that are going to be that way, too. And that it kind of took you to move in order to, you know, uh, find the person that was right for you. So, you know, that's why I say everything happens in divine order. But you manifested that you were like, okay, I'm going to date this person to see what I like. And then ultimately you were able to see what you wanted and what you didn't want it. And when you really built all all of that, you were able to be thrusted into the marriage that you're in right now and finding your significant other. And that's another aspect that I want people to understand is that manifesting and it doesn't always happen right away. Sometimes it takes time. God is always on his time. That's one thing I will say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> human time. So it just takes time sometimes. But, I, you know, I love that. I love hearing, you know, stories about black relationships. And I believe Oprah has um, a show on her network where I think it's called Black Love. 
you know, where she talks about, you know, where other couples go in there and they talk about their relationships and, you know, the power of black love and how they met and all that. And I just think that's beautiful because like you discussed in the show, you know, so many uh, aspects of black relations before was it was seen in a very negative light, broken homes, you know, abuse or whatnot. And now we see these uh, black, these positive shows where it's, um, you know, talking about black relationships in a positive light, you know. So, yeah. yeah, it is possible. That's the thing, because, again, for me, I felt like either I was alone. I felt like I was the only one thinking the way I was and all this type of stuff that I was thinking when I was single. And so mm-hmm. I think, again, the content that you take in, um, all of these different things, like you talked about the music a second ago, all of these different things matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's what's go- it's shaping your life. If you really, really, truly think about it, it really mm-hmm. is shaping your life. So. You know, it's very important. Um, and I would say for me, like even when I met my husband, he was a clear indication to me of what I needed versus what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my ex, I would, he was like everything I wanted. Like he was great. Like he was talented. You know, I found him attractive. Like he had, he had all these different qualities and whatnot, but mm-hmm. he wasn't what I needed in regards to mm-hmm. someone that was going to like, like him be there for me, be someone to inspire me, be someone to encourage me, all those different things. And so, um, yeah, man, it, it, you know, it, it's an ongoing thing. Like I said, I definitely pray for single people. That's why I put the book out there and share my testimony because, uh, you know, I hope that I can encourage and inspire other people that are in that same place um, because it, it, it can be a struggle, right? Because, you, you again, you're living, you're, you're like, I, I want this and you see other people with it and, and sometimes, but you still feel like, well, okay, this person has it, but what, what's wrong with me? Like, what's going yeah. on? Like, why can't I have that too? Or mm-hmm. whatever. And you can. And I feel like, again, if that's if, if it's in you, then I feel like that's the desire that God is pushing you towards. So what you got to do is get ready, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, that's what I feel about that and everything. And um, girl, I know, I'm telling you, the, yeah. the struggle of single life. And yeah. if, if, if you don't want to be, right? If mm-hmm. you don't want to be single, it can be a struggle. And, and you're right. There's a lot of different people with a lot of interesting mindsets out here these mm-hmm. days. Like, but I get, you know, I think if you're seeing that, right, at least you can discern up front. At least you didn't get into that relationship with them and then exactly. found out, right? Yeah. So if you can see up front, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that's better that you can see in advance that, okay, he's not, we're not on the same page. Or, you know, I think, again, all that type of stuff is important. So, um, Look, I ain't worried about you, girl, because I know <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying. The next, next thing I know, this lady be like, oh my gosh, I'm engaged. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes. Hey, you never remember, know. Remember when? Remember when? Right? Exactly. <laughs> remember that conversation we had? You were talking about all that stuff, and look at you now. <laughs> look at you now. Yeah. Okay. we'll tell everybody about where they can connect with you and how they can get a copy of all these wonderful books that you have or anything that you have in the works yes ma'am yes ma'am so um well the website for the talk show and and podcast and everything like that is god sex and love.com you can go there there's access to all of that um should be the podcast link there should be able to see um some episodes of the talk show we're also on youtube facebook and instagram under god sex and love so feel free to follow us there as well um if you want to know more about me in particular then um, i'm actress miracle sims on both well, Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, you know, Twitter. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, and everything like that. Um, there should be a link on my Instagram that'll take you to basically anything and everything. Miracle Plays, you guys can, you know, 
you know, check out that website. I mean, I know I didn't tell y'all the name of it, but it's on there if y'all need y'all some marital aids, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Use that link for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all the books and everything like that should be linked on there as well. Um, it should be under the Arthur Miracle Sims track um, tab. It's a link tree. So if you go to my Instagram, at just Miracle Sims, click that link. That should show you everything about, you know, what I have going on and, and whatnot. But yeah, man, that, that's how you can reach me and whatnot. And again, if anybody wants to come and be on the show, you can be part of the panel or you can come have a one-on-one with me or something like that. Um, just go to the website, GodSexAndLove.com. And you should see the email address there, but I'll just tell you it's godsexandlove at gmail.com. <laughs> um, and you know, email me if you guys want to be on the show or anything like that. But yeah, that, that's where you guys can reach me. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much, Miracle, for joining me on the show today. It's been a pleasure to be able to have you on, and I would definitely love to have you on the show again. I know we're gonna get into more discussions, but I want to thank you so much for joining me. Yes, thank you, Tutu. Uh <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, sis, for the invitation. I truly, truly enjoyed this conversation with you, and I'm looking forward to many more as well. Nice. And for everybody else, if you like to connect with me or follow me on Instagram, you can do so at I am Kyra Mahoney. Or if you like to sign up for Patreon or donate, you can choose any tier and you can choose different content that you would like to be displayed on the show as well. And also make sure you just subscribe to my YouTube channel, like and comment and make sure you go ahead and share this video if you like it. And uh, for everybody else, if you like to get any vibe selection merchandise, you can do so at www.teespring.com slash vibe selection. I am your host, Kyra, and I'll see you guys all next week. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. Bye. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.